drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. How is your morning going so far? Have you had your coffee? Do you drink coffee? I drink it by the gallon, or at least I used to. But the older I get, I don't know anymore. I've had to go, I've had to go straight black. I've become my father. I'm not sure how I feel about that. At any rate, we have a great program lined up for you today. Trent Horn from Catholic Answers is going to be on today. He's got a book called Counterfeit Christ. We've all seen this, especially recently. In fact, I think we reported on this last week. There was another documentary film or movie coming out. I think it's on Netflix uh, where they depict Jesus as being gay or gay friendly or something like that. Um, we, we see that all the time. It's not new. It's, it's happened a bunch of times. But also there's other types of Jesuses that get, count, that get uh, sort of hijacked for modern media parlance or whatever agendas. Communist Jesus is another example. Or back in my day, I've been waiting a long time to say that. Back in my day, there was that Willem Dafoe Jesus. Who was that? Was that Martin Scorsese? I can't remember. Well, a famous director made a... Uh, the. Uh, the movie about Jesus where he basically uh, decides to come off of the cross and marry Mary Magdalene and have kids. Uh, what? Yeah, there was that Jesus too. So there's lots of hijacking of Jesus. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I wanted to today pray for my friend Hima. She's uh, getting her uh, screws removed from her body. She got in a car accident. And so I would like to pray for her today. So. Definitely keeping her in our prayers today. So Trent Horn is our guest. Of course, Emily Alcaraz is here. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Have you ever uh, talked to Trent Horn before, Emily? No, I haven't. This will be my first time. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be fun. So look forward to that in our conversation. Plus, breaking news and stories. Of course, we'll have a Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. In our second hour, we'll have our game show. So if you're at all able to join us for that, we would love to have you. ChooseLife.com is our sponsor for our prize pack this week. That's C-H-E-W-S life.com. We're very grateful to you. Thank you for being on the program. So that's going to be our show today, plus the after show and so much more in the program. We hope you'll join us for the whole thing, but let's pray. We're praying for your intentions, dear listener, for our intentions, of course, here as a team, for our equipment, for our show, our radio apostolates, especially the Station of the Cross and the Guadalupe Radio Network, uh, for uh, for Adrian's friend and for her recovery, and for all those who are suffering today, especially for the conversion of centers and a reversion on uh, the, the non-negotiable issues uh, with uh, President Joe Biden. So let's ask Our Lady to intercede for these intentions for us to her Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The U.S. Senate has found that the impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump is constitutional. 
allowing full proceedings to begin. Trump's defense team argued that he could not face trial after leaving the White House, but a 56 to 44 majority voted in favor of continuing, with a handful of Republicans backing the measure. Trump is accused of inciting insurrection when, when Congress was stormed last month. Only six Republicans sided with all the 50 Democrats to continue the trial. That is well short of the 17 Republicans that will be needed to convict. If he is convicted, Trump could be barred from holding office again. Seven U.S. states are currently considering bills that would legalize assisted suicide, and two other states are looking to expand legal assisted suicide. Legislators in Arizona, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, New Mexico, New York, and North Dakota have all introduced bills in 2021 to doctor-prescribed suicide for terminally ill patients. Both the states of Hawaii and Washington, where assisted suicide has been legal since 2019 and 2009, respectively, are now trying to expand the scope of healthcare workers eligible to prescribe lethal doses of medication. Pope Francis has said, in line with church teaching, that doctors must resist the temptation to participate in assisted suicide or euthanasia because it trades the dignity of the patient for a false compassion. The Apostolic Nuncio, who is accused of money laundering, is entering a plea bargain. Archbishop Ettore Balestrero, the Apostolic Nuncio to the Democratic Republic of Congo, announced last week that he will enter a plea bargain with an Italian court after he and his brother Guido were accused of money laundering, but they will not admit guilt. Archbishop Balestrero said that this is exclusively a family issue, as he accepted an inheritance from his father and gave the half of the inheritance to his brother with, quote, a public and transparent act and the conviction not to have done anything illicit. Otherwise, I would not have done it. The legal issue, which does not involve the Holy See, was a family business in which investigators do believe that Archbishop Balestrero acted in full good faith. And Archbishop Thomas Wenske of Miami offered a funeral mass last week commending Laura Schwarzenberger, an FBI agent who was killed while pursuing a child pornography investigation. FBI Special Agent Laura Schwarzenberger was the mother of two young boys and an active member of Mary Help of Christians Parish. She joined the FBI in 2005 and after graduating from Quantico, took her first field office in Albuquerque. In 2007, she became Albuquerque's first female FBI SWAT team member. Three years later, she transferred to Miami and joined the Violent Crimes Against Children squad and zealously advocated for greater protections for children from online predators and offered presentations on sexual ex extortion. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Now, yesterday we had a Cristero as our saint of the day, and today uh, St. Jose Sanchez del Rio is also his feast day today. Another incredible, incredible uh, Cristero and Catholic saint. I highly recommend. I would usually always defer to telling that story. But I want to tell you a story about a blessing you probably have never heard of. So you're going to have to look up Jose Sanchez del Rio if you've not heard that story before. But blessed Mikel Bertoya, uh, Beltoya. He comes from Albania, so I'm going to get this completely wrong, but I just ask for a, a mea culpa there. He was born on May 9th, 1935 in Shaktor, 
Cordry, Albania. I told you, I warned you ahead of time I was going to get this wrong. He received his theological training from Bishop Ernst Koba there in Albania. He was ordained on the 8th of December 1961 as a priest in the Archdiocese. I, you know, it seems to me like the 8th of December is a very common date among the saints. I see it all the time, either in ordinations or or something to do with their life. I see 8th of December. I wonder why. Hmm. When the communist government closed all churches in Albania in March of 1967, Father Mikhail traveled from village to village, ministering to the people, providing the sacraments, conducting covert masses where he could. But he was arrested in April on the 19th at, uh, in 1973. He was imprisoned for several months and tortured, and he was finally given a trial. He used the opportunity to speak out against communism and against the anti-Christian persecutions. They martyred him by firing squad on the 10th of February, 1974, there in Albania. And he was beatified by Pope Francis, November 5th, 2016. Blessed Mikel Beltoya, pray for us. The gospel today comes from Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 23. Jesus summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, but the thing that comes out from within are what defile. When he got home, away from the crowd, his disciples questioned him about the parable. He said to them, Are even you likewise without understanding? Do you not realize that everything that goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart, but the stomach, and passes out into the latrine? Thus he declared all foods clean. But what comes out of the man, that is what defiles him. From within the man, from his heart, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this is a continuation, obviously, from yesterday's Gospel, uh, where we were reading about uh, our Lord starting to rebuke the Pharisees about their holding to the traditions of men over the divine law. Now, I love this again when we see this little editorial note here. Thus, declare, he declared all foods clean. You know, that's a fascinating thing. Again, yesterday, as we said, he was, uh, this, is, this gospel is recording the preaching of St. Peter, uh, probably from Rome. And so he was speaking, speaking to non-Jewish audiences. So he had to d- describe and d- just, you know, give them some information about what is Jesus referring to? Why are some foods not clean and some clean? And why are they now all clean? That's a fascinating question that we should ask ourselves. Why were some foods in the Old Testament considered not clean? And when did this happen? What was the context? Well, if you go back to the golden calf incident in Exodus chapter 32, everything changes after that point. At that point, they lose the priesthood of the firstborn, and they get the uh, priesthood of the Levites or the sons of Aaron. And they get the, uh, the, all of the restrictions on food as well. Why is this? Well, it was to clearly distinguish them uh, from their Gentile pagan neighbors. You know why? Because they couldn't seem to distinguish themselves. Uh, 
because their hearts kept turning back to pagan idolatry and the pagan life that they lived in Egypt for 430 years. There in the wilderness, no matter how many miracles were performed for them, the pillar of smoke by, uh, by day and the pillar of fire by night, the multiplication of manna come down from heaven and the, the, uh, the birds that fell from the sky to give them meat, the water that came from the rock, miracle after miracle after miracle, it did not matter. Their hearts kept grumbling and they kept turning themselves back towards pagan idolatry in Egypt. And the Lord ended up wiping out the entire generation, save Joshua, of course. So there was this clear distinction in the food. Why? Because God set them apart. For what purpose? To bring about the conversion of all men, of all the brothers and sisters of the entire planet, to bring them back to the heart of God. He needed this people to be set apart and consecrated to himself, but they refused to do so. So God forced it upon them in a penitential law. And guess what? Jesus comes to fulfill the law. So now all foods are clean. That law is now fulfilled. And now we make this distinction between the heart and these penances. But it's not unlike us on Fridays in Lent, where we abstain from meat, making ourselves very much unlike our neighbors. We do not eat meat on Fridays as an act of penance to remind us of the sins that we commit, to, to, uh, to uh, temper our passions, our bodies that, uh, that are so comfortable and used to these luxury items and to the good foods. We temper those passions as an act of penance. Let us remind ourselves today that it is the heart that matters not what goes in the mouth. Adrian, Emily? Yeah, so my this is one of my favorite passages of the year. Uh, and the reason why is because that means I could eat bacon now. Uh, this is very important. This is very, very important because I was, uh, I was actually in Israel a couple years ago. And while I was there, we went off to a, the Jewish quarter and I, we ordered uh, food and I had a, a lamb burger there and I asked for cheese with it. And uh, they were like, uh no we can't have cheese with it and i was like i was like why why is that and i was like that's super weird and uh then i realized that in leviticus it says you cannot cook a goat in its mother's milk and the jewish people interpret that to mean you cannot have meat with milk products Mm. and so uh we were not to have cheese with it but here uh we are seeing that our Lord has now gotten rid of these laws that that were uh, that were once binding. So people often be like, uh, make these atheistic slogans where they say, "Well, the Bible says the Bible says that you can't have uh, you can't eat meat, you can't eat this meat, you have to have woven clothes in this manner." Say no, these were sa- these were ceremonial laws that our Lord did away with at His coming because He is above the law and can do dispense law as He sees fit. All right. Praise be to Jesus Christ. We'll catch up in the What's Concerning Us section after this short break. But coming up in just a little while, Trent Horn from Catholic Answers is going to be our guest. We're talking about the counterfeit Christ. He's been hijacked a bunch of times. We'll have Trent Horn explain that and what we can do about that in the guest segment. But What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Catholic Drive Time. Be right back. Protestants object to the Catholic practice of penance because they think it implies that Jesus' sacrifice is not enough. But is this true? No, and here are some answers why. First, penance has nothing to do with the forgiveness of sins. It only deals with repairing the harm that sin causes within us. St. Paul teaches in Philippians 1.6 that God works to bring to completion the good work that he has begun in us. Even though we're forgiven, sin leaves us weak. Penance is the means by which we cooperate with God to complete the work of recovering full spiritual health. 
Second, penitential acts express our sorrow for sin, which follows the injunction of John the Baptist in Luke 3, 8, bear fruits that befit repentance. Penance doesn't take away from Christ. It unites us more to Him. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order. And not only is it beautiful, it's order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's magiscenter.com. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Trent Horn is going to be our guest in the guest segment just a little while. Uh, don't forget, giving out that Father Bill Casey talk, State of the Union, Church and Society. It's pretty powerful. 30 minutes, really powerful. You can find that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. In the What's Concerning Us section today, the gate, uh, no, this is a Gatestone Institute. .org has two stories. Uh, I'll mention the first one rather quickly, and then we'll focus a little bit more on the second one. China is creating a new master race. Now, listen to this. This is really, uh, I chuckle only, but it's really, really not good. It's really not good. It says a Chinese geneticist at a state-run uh, Kunming Institute Zoology of Zoology recently inserted the human MCPH1 gene, which develops the brain into a monkey. The insertion could make that animal's intelligence more human than that of lower primates. I want you to stop and think about that. Maybe there was a movie called Planet of the Apes. I can't remember. Maybe it was kind of a thing. Um, But this is actually happening happening in China. Now, I've heard about these stories in the past. Uh, But here's an actual article, and we'll link to them. We always link to the articles we discuss. Have you heard about Chinese crazy uh, experiments that they do over there? Of course, we've all lately been hearing a lot about their their atrocities and genocide on the Uyghur people, Um, the the organized gang rape of the Uyghur women, the uh, harvesting of, of organs of the Uyghur men in the concentration camps. Pretty horrible. Well, this article is saying also that U.S. intelligence shows that China has conducted human testing on members of the People's Liberation Army in hope of developing soldiers with biologically enhanced capabilities. That's fun. What is more disturbing about these endeavors is that China has gleaned access to CRISPR, which is an acronym, and advanced genetic and biotech research thanks to their relationship with the United States and other advanced Western nations. American research labs, biotech investors, and scientists have all striven to do research and business in China's budding biotech arena because the the ethical standards for research are so low. That's uh, very concerning to me. When we start playing God with human beings, bad things happen. I will link to the story at uh, facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. There is another story here on uh, the Gatestone Institute's website. The article headline says this, Raped and murdered Christian girls in Pakistan. 
It says keeping up with the abuse of Christian girls by Muslims in Pakistan has become exceedingly difficult. Hardly does one story of abduction, enslavement, rape, forced conversion, torture, or murder appear before another follows it, and another, and another. Although, of course, needless to say, not all Muslim men regard non-Muslim girls and women this way. Unfortunately, many there still seem to, uh, there still seem to be. Some recent examples include the, the bloated bodies of two Christian sisters who had long rebuffed the advances of their Muslim employers were found in a sewer in January, just last month. Earlier in November, the sisters uh, were both married and had children were reported as missing. The two Muslim men for whom they worked had regularly pressured them to convert to Islam and marry them, even though the young women made it clear that they were Christian and married. The men threatened them and kept harassing the sisters. This is very concerning. Christian persecution happening in real time, right now, not some far off long time ago, you know, century but it happens right now. Do we do do you, my my dear listener, do you keep up with all these stories? Do you, are you familiar? Do you understand what's going on out there? I mean, we get very focused uh, on what's going on here, and rightly so. But it concerns me that the, that Pakistan, in particular, is hotbed for Christian persecution, and little is said or little is done. Have you guys heard these stories, Emily? Of Christian persecution, yeah, and it's ridiculous because. Um, People here in the West are really not aware of the the actual torture that Christians go through in other parts of the world. And Western p- people are quick to say that Christians are privileged, that Christians um, caused, you know, Catholics caused violence through the Crusades, et cetera, the Inquisition. But really, we know that historically, statistically, atheism has caused more deaths than any religious ideology. And we see this going on right now in communist China. So it's an ongoing conflict. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely insane. I mean, this is the stuff that movies are made of. Um, and they will be made but someday. The, what was that movie? The Island of Dr. Moreau? Was it the Island of Dr. Moreau? It was like a weird Val Kilmer film uh, about the experimentation of humans and animals combined. And China's doing this now. It's a, it's just absolutely bizarre. It's Twilight Zone's time here. It's horrifying. I think we've become so desensitized to it, but we need to see this as a dignity of life issue, a dignity of humanity issue. No, we are fundamentally different from animals. We have a will. We have an intellect. We can love. Um, animals cannot do this, and it's an abomination to try to combine the two. This is part of the issue we have with China. You know, uh, China was such a big conversation during the election cycle um there was things i i i always i always preface my my trump comments with this i I catch myself doing it all the time there's things i don't love about trump but one of the things i did love about trump (laughs) i probably should not do that but i always do it i always preface my comments about trump uh i like that he stood up or at least tried to stand up more i would love for him to have done more He's, you know, but he, at least he did more than anybody else mm-hmm. in the last, I don't know, 20 years uh, to sort of rein China in. China, China is a very serious threat to the whole wide world. Uh, don't believe me? Ask any Christian in China right now. Ask Cardinal Zen how he feels about it. 
uh, you know, it, not only are they persecuting Christians there, they're doing these human experimentations. Uh, they, they, they have many, many uh, uh, human rights violations there. We talked about the Uyghurs a little while ago. Mm-hmm. So any, like this participation, like this article points out that it's, it's a direct collaboration between the biotech industry in America and the biotech industry in China. In China. That's fueling because in China, we, there's no federal oversight. We can just go there and do whatever we want. It's literally insane. When uh, the news was breaking about the uh, coronavirus spreading, from China, now that now they're saying, by the way, they're saying that the Wuhan lab is not to blame. They're now they're claiming it came from either frozen food or some animal. Uh, the World Health Organization has has done an investigation, and don't you worry, it's not China's not to blame. So anyway, when they first started uh, talking about back in January a year ago uh, about the spread, there were these reports uh, about the airport uh, that linked. Uh, the city, the location where all those consecration cam- uh, camps are for the uh, for the Uyghurs, back to Italy. They had like the doctors had a uh, a special line just for themselves. The medical staff that were transporting organs in coolers could cut the security lines at the at the airport just so they can get on the plane faster, so they can get back to Europe, so that they can deliver their custom or- ordered organs out of the Uyghur camps. I mean, it's. Utterly insane what we remember. Does nobody remember like uh, the atrocities of World War II and the concentration camps there and the experimentations of the Nazi scientists on on the Jews? I mean, weren't we all appalled at that? Where is the outrage on China? Where is the put their foot down? No, we're not doing this. We're not playing this game with you uh, in the world. It's 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 rather bizarre. It's rather bizarre. On a uh, separate note, uh, upcoming is our um, guest segment with Trent Horn in his book, Counterfeit Christ. And so I wanted to bring back something we mentioned a couple weeks ago, which on February 3rd, 2021, CNA put out an article about a, the LGBT documentary depicting Jesus Christ as, quote, a member or ally of the LGBTQ community. Um, and it includes uh, guest segments with Father James Martin and the like. And so... Uh, this is very important, and the reason why this is important is because this comes in a long string of ideology, ideological pushes among the left um, to push ideas that Our Lady, uh, like these disgusting images of Our Lady that are blaspheming. Uh, I think there was an image of Our Lady Guadalupe with a hiked up uh, skirt or things like that, which is just appalling. And then uh, Dr. Reverend Bob Shorgoss who is a uh, pastor, a uh, Protestant pastor, has written several books, uh, one including Queering Christ, Jesus Acted Up, A Gay and Lesbian Manifesto. Like These ideas that they're trying to uh, change Scripture to fit the modern ideology. And we see this not just here, but also in trying to depict our Lord as communist. We see it constantly where socialists and communists will be like, Oh, yeah. Uh, didn't Jesus say to give to the poor? So doesn't that mean that the government should take everybody's money and pass it out to everyone without anybody's approval and steal from people? Oh, that makes sense. It takes away charity um, by the government taking our money and giving it to other people. Uh, it's not charity because charity is love. And so you cannot force someone to be charitable because it's not out of love if it's being forced. And our Lord desired love, not forced uh, helping others because our Lord even said the poor you will have with you always. Why did he say this? Because he knew that there is no uh, government program that can solve poverty. Instead, the thing that should be focused is our charity, our love. That's why it's called 
charity whenever you give to the poor. It's not called charity because you're helping them uh, out of some kind of forced uh, manner. It's charity out of love to act like Christ and his apostles. Amen. Yeah, we live in a backwards world today. That's why I keep quoting Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I mean, uh, there's a reason why the Catholic faith teaches that um, same-sex actions are disordered. There's a reason why we have to reach out to people who suffer with same-sex attraction because it's harmful to them, and there's no charity in just uh, encouraging them to live a life that is harmful and destructive to them, not only emotionally, physically, but spiritually is the most important thing of all. And, uh, and there's no charity in just pretending as though it's all fine, everything's okay. God made you that way. God doesn't make anybody broken. Uh, there's a lot of things that can contribute to that, but in great charity... We can't pretend as though these things are normal and fine. They're not. But even worse is to have these blasphemous and crazy images. I remember, I mean, I was also reading just recently Warren Carroll's uh, History of Christendom. And uh, I just, he's my favorite Catholic historian by far. And his work on the conquering of, of the darkness, the satanic dark forces that were living and breathing among the Aztec Empire, in order to pave the way for Our Lady Guadalupe to come and to convert those people in mass, in the millions, out of charity and love for their souls. God did not abandon those people to their satanic pagan worship. No. In fact, he sent his, uh, his forerunner, Hernan Cortez, to pave the way so Our Lady could come in great charity as a mother to her children, to her people, to bring them into the fold again and to steal them out of the hand of the devil. We can't blaspheme her. We can't, uh, we can't have these sacrilegious images. Trent Horn's going to talk about that in our guest segment. We're going to go to break. We'll come back and we'll have uh, breaking news and stories. Mark Catholic Drive Time is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is just a bunch of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts and it's against freedom? G.K. Chesterton says, Catholic doctrine and discipline may be walls, but they are the walls of a playground. Freedom exists only within the rules. The greatest act of freedom is obedience, not disobedience. Breaking the rules never makes us happy and certainly does not make us free. God's rules are for our good, not to restrict us, but to protect us. That is how the truth makes us free. Chesterton says that while the church has established rule and order, the chief aim of that order is to give room for good things to run wild. You want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, this is Dave Palmer inviting you to join me and Cecil Anderson each Friday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 o'clock Eastern Time for a new program here on the Guadalupe Radio Network called Back to the Father, which is based on the teachings of the angelic doctor St. Thomas Aquinas in his Summa Theologia. Each week we talk about how a life focused on our final end is a life that is more joyful and more hopeful as we journey back to the Father. Please join us this Friday at 4 p.m. Central here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. I'm Emily Alcaraz. Today is Wednesday, February 10th, and these are your headlines. A federal district court judge issued an order yesterday blocking New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's capacity limits on Orthodox Jewish synagogues permanently. Previously, the governor had asked the judge to rule against him and end the restrictions. The judge's order applies to all of the houses of worship in red and orange zones in New York and is one of the first in the country to block percentage of occupancy limits on worship attendance. The decision comes after the Supreme Court found his 10 and 25 person caps on synagogues were discriminatory. Other lower courts also ruled against him and just days ago, a New York Times expose revealed that nine top New York state health officials resigned after Cuomo told doctors to make up scientific justifications for his COVID lockdown orders. Abby Johnson's event at the Catholic University of America was canceled after students protested her speech. Abby Johnson was criticized over the summer after saying that she would understand if police officers profiled her biracial son when he grows up because her brown son is statistically more likely to commit a violent offense than her white sons. Johnson said in a Monday night Facebook post that she would speak for Catholic University's College of Repub- College Republicans instead since Cardinals for Life decided to cave, quote, to liberal pressure and cancel the event. The student president of the pro-life organization at CUA resigned after saying she was pressured to cancel the event by the university's chaplain. Pope Francis has accepted the resignation of the bishop who called for the consideration of female ordination. Bishop Dennis Thurlatt told the Swiss Catholic Church's website that he had asked to resign five years before the customary retirement age for bishops because of the increasing burdens of his office. In an interview last year, Bishop Thurlatt said, quote, Pope Francis should not regulate the question of women alone. All bishops in the world should come together and decide yes or no. Otherwise, we will experience a schism. Pope Francis has reiterated what St. John Paul II also said, which is that the church has no authority whatsoever to confer priestly ordination on women and that this judgment is to be definitively held by all the church's faithful. Sister Andre, a French Catholic nun, is celebrating her 117th birthday this week after surviving COVID-19. Sister Andre is the second oldest known living person in the world. In 2019, Sister Andre received a card and a blessed rosary from Pope Francis, which she uses every day. She has said that her recipe for a happy life is prayer and a cup of hot cocoa every day. When asked if she was scared of COVID, Sister Andre told France's BFM television, No, I wasn't scared because I wasn't scared to die. I'm happy to be with you, but I would wish to be somewhere else. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. Uh, Don't forget that Father Bill Casey talk, the State of the Union, the Church and Society, where we're going, where we're headed, what you should be thinking and doing, that's still available to you. Just join our email list, uh, the, the Catholic Drive Time email list, and you get instant access to it. You can pull out your phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. GRN to the number 42828, and you'll get access to that, and you'll join our list, 
and we will uh, gladly harass you in your email inbox at least once a week about uh, what we're going to be doing during the holy season of Lent. It's going to be a, a wonderful thing, and we hope you'll be a part of it. Uh, joining us right now by phone is Catholic Answers apologist Trent Horn. We're going to be talking about his book, which is about the counterfeit Jesus, or counterfeit Christ, rather, finding the real Jesus among the imposters, taking on 18 phony versions of Jesus that we encounter today. Trent Horn, good morning to you. Thank you for being on our program. Thank you for having me. Uh, praise be to God in all things. Are you calling from uh, California this morning, Trent? Well, actually, I recently relocated to uh, a suburb outside of Fort Worth, Texas, so I am a refugee from uh, from California. It's very intelligent and smart decision, I would We're say. We're neighbors now. <laughs> uh, you know, you've, you've probably had enough of your, uh, your wonderful uh, governor out there whose uh, lockdown uh, procedures were just stunning and a good example for the whole country, I imagine. Well, I think uh, I did, and so far I think <laughs> at least 1.4 million other people have on the recall <laughs> petitions. <laughs> Not that we brought you on to talk about this, but I couldn't help myself. Well, welcome to Texas. Welcome to Texas. And you do realize there's an, an effort afoot in the state of Texas to make uh, to help uh, Texas become its own country again, to leave the Union. You do realize you that made you, it just in what time, you've Trey. gotten into. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even joking. Sure. That, that's actually a thing. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's an effort afoot. Anyway, let's move to the book, The Counterfeit Christ. Why did you write this book? What were you hoping to accomplish? Well, what, what I was hoping to accomplish was uh, to show uh, who the real Jesus is. Uh, it, it's kind of like when you, um, when you think about counterfeit money, for example, how can you spot a counterfeit bill? Like if somebody slides you a $100 Monopoly money, you know, well, it's easy to say, oh, well, that's, that's not a real $100 bill. You know, it's e easy to spot the difference. But sometimes, though, if someone hands you an actual counterfeit bill, it's easy to be duped by that. And you go to the bank and people say, hey, it's missing this, it's missing that. You say, but it looks just like it. Yeah, but notice it's missing these important elements. And so it's not a real $100 bill. And that's the same as any of these counterfeit Christs that people in our culture today believe in. Uh, they'll say, well, it looks like my idea of Jesus, it sounds like it, uh, but it's missing these very important elements, like G Jesus's true humanity, true divinity, uh, and all uh, everything else that the Gospels inform us about. So I wanted to write this book to help inform Catholics and show them how to respond to these, these fake ideas out there. Because basically what's interesting in our culture, it's not that our culture is against Jesus per se, Everybody wants Jesus on their side. They're just against who the real Jesus is. Mm -hmm. Trent Horn from Catholic Answers is our guest. Counterfeit Christ is our subject. Um, give us some examples. I know in the What's Concerning Us section, we focused on Jesus being sort of hijacked to promote the LGBTQ agenda through movies and documentaries and various forms of media. But I know there's a bunch of others. What, what, which ones did you list in your book? Uh, right. So my book covers, I think, about 18 different counterfeit Jesus and I, counterfeit Jesuses, and I divide them up uh, based on uh, various communities, different groups of people who hold these counterfeits. So you can find counterfeits among just the general population, like you know Jesus, you know the the wise teacher, the the buddy Jesus, the not non non judgmental Jesus is one of my favorites. Uh, but then you know the counterfeits you'll find among atheists and non-Christians who deny his divinity, 
among dissenters who will deny Jesus' teachings on moral issues, uh, those who deny that he was actually sinless or that he was actually a true prophet. So there's a, a wide variety that I take on in the book. Uh, now, Trent, uh, this I was just very curious because we've seen a lot of this coming up in society today, um, especially recently. Like uh, we were reporting on the Netflix having promoting that our Lord was a was gay, and uh, why is this a incorrect view? Why is this something that that Christians should take seriously? How do we respond to that accusation against our Lord? Right, and it's impo- it's obviously important, because as I said before, everybody wants Jesus on their side. So uh, you'll see people who will defend all different kinds of sins or disorders, uh, people who will defend the prosperity gospel, saying that God will grant every believer uh, health and wealth and happiness. They'll twist Jesus' words to make it seem like if you're a good Christian, you'll always be healthy and wealthy, and that is not the Jesus who told us that we have to take up our cross and follow him. Uh, and it's the same with those who want to defend uh, homosexual behavior. Uh, they'll sometimes t- try to make an argument from silence, saying Jesus never condemned homosexuality. Well, he never condemned uh, child sacrifice. He never condemned airplane hijacking. <laughs> uh, but Jesus did condemn uh, sexual immorality in his time. You know, he... He was—people often like to say that, you know, the Pharisees were these conservatives. They were, they were these rigid conservatives, and Jesus uh, spoke to them and, and broke their hearts. So actually, when it came to sexual immorality, Jesus was far more conservative than the Pharisees. When you look at the issue of divorce after remarriage, the Pharisees allowed for exceptions, the exceptions found in the book of Deuteronomy, to allow for remarriage after divorce. And Jesus said— uh, you go to the, the Gospel of Mark, it's very clear. No, a man who, uh, if you remarry after divorce, you commit adultery. And so, you know, so if Jesus is not willing to accept our culture's modern view about serial uh, polygamy, basically, which is, which is what remarriage after divorce ends up, ends up being, if it's a valid marriage, uh, he would not accept uh, our modern culture's view on, on homosexuality. So, uh, and to insinuate that he engaged in various sins uh, is, is blasphemous. Uh, Hebrews 4.15 is very clear that Jesus is, we have a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses, who is tempted, but did not sin. Now, it's probably likely that many people are holding on to a fake false Christ without even realizing it. Probably many of our, many here or who are listening. So how do you become self-aware that, no, the Jesus that I believe in is is not entirely accurate, and how do we fix that interpretation? Well, go back to the example I gave of the the, bill, the counterfeit $100 bill. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're a storekeeper, you have to look at uh, Trent, I'm going to ask you to bills. hold. I'm going to ask. Oh, we have they, they pay me the big bucks to interrupt the coolest people on planet Earth. So I just need hey, you to no hold worries. that thought because we got to go to a short break. We're going to come back. Trent Horn is our guest. Counterfeit Christ is his book, Finding the Real Jesus Among the Imposters. We're going to continue that conversation on the other side of the short break. More Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. A wise woman once told us, if you're going to pray with your kids, you have to play with them. Raising our family of 10 has taught us this maxim is very true. Why is this? 
Well, as parents, we are the first images of God for our children. St. John Paul II told us, Parents' love is called to become for children the visible sign of the very love of God. In play, we are strengthening our children's sense of belonging. Your child can believe more easily God loves them because you love them. This is what play communicates. Play helps us also remember who we really are and what we were made for, what it's like to be a child. And that childlikeness is an essential element of prayer. Getting on a child's level and being vulnerable and simple and maybe even a bit silly reminds us that it is only through humility that we can approach the Lord. To join us and hundreds of other families for our Play and Pray Challenge, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm John McClain. It's so good to be on with you this morning. If you're hanging out with us on our Facebook side, there seems to be some uh, streaming issues on Facebook this morning. I'm not sure why. Zuckerberg, if you're listening, not sure why. But anyway, you can always download our mobile app and you can listen live there. Seems like the audio is working great there. But we're also streaming on YouTube and on Twitter. You can look for us at GRN Online on YouTube and Twitter, and I think those platforms are doing just fine. But Trent Horn is our guest. Counterfeit Christ, Finding the Real Jesus Among the Imposters, is our topic today. Trent, uh, I cut you off right before the break. I'm going to give you an opportunity to uh, to finish what you were saying there. Trent Horn. No problem. So in, in order to... Uh, the question was, how, how do we distinguish the real Jesus from these counterfeits? Uh, and I think we can apply the same principles you would to counterfeit money. Uh, if you're a store clerk, for example, you, you oftentimes have to study this, or especially if you're like in the Secret Service, which handles counterfeit processes. Uh, if you ever see the movie uh, Catch Me If You Can about Frank Abagnale, it's a wonderful true story about one of the, the world's best counterfeiters back in the 1960s uh, who ended up getting caught and working for the FBI to teach these methods. But basically, you know, you have to be intimately familiar with what does a real $100 bill look like? Where is the security strip? Where is the microprinting? If you know exactly what, a, not just superficially it says 100 on it or has a picture of Ben Franklin, but the intimate details on it say, yeah, that's the real thing. If you know it, then you'll be able to spot the counterfeit much more easily. And the same is true when it comes to our Lord. Not just that you know superficially, oh, well, you know, he... he he looks like that guy on those, you know, kind of sappy pictures I see at my grandmother's house, you know, and, you know, those, those pictures of, of, of Jesus, you know, things, things like that. No, it's a, do you read the Gospels? Do you know the words of Jesus Christ? Jesus says, uh, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They know me. So do you read the Catechism? Do you read the Catechism with its declarations of who Jesus is and who Jesus is not? Uh, so I would say, aside from my book, which I think would be very helpful for people, uh, being intimately familiar with Jesus by reading especially the Gospels over and over and over again, and reading the portions of the Catechism that focus on uh, the identity of our Lord. So um, 
we want we want to know who the real Christ is. If you're a good Christian, if you really love Christ, you want other people also to know who the real Christ is. And so how do you with charity, because people get so attached to their version of Jesus, how do you with charity bring them to a fuller knowledge of who Christ is? Sure. Uh, well, first, I, I think that when people say, you'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear Catholics say this sometimes, uh, especially with the controversies surrounding uh, receiving communion, They'll say things like, oh, Jesus would never turn anyone away, or Jesus mm-hmm. would never judge anyone. And I would just ask them politely, how do you know that? Where does Jesus say that in the Bible? Uh, so first you can challenge people to ask them to show from Scripture where Jesus makes these kinds of declarations, uh, when actually when you go through... and so especially in the first chapter of my book is on the non-judgmental Jesus. Some Catholics say, oh, Jesus doesn't judge anyone. And those Catholics who will say that Jesus wouldn't judge someone who is a politician that supports legal abortion or judge someone who uh, supports LGBT ideology, I do like to ask them fun questions like, well, would Jesus judge uh, a racist politician? Would Jesus want us to give communion to Bull Connor or to a segregationist politician? And most of them would, are, are suddenly going to say that we ought to do something there. So there, there's the inconsistency on that part. Uh, so ask them, where, where does the Bible say that? And then you can point to passages in Scripture where, no, Jesus actually, he doesn't condemn all judgment. He condemns hypocritical judgment. In Matthew, those who say Jesus would never judge anyone have never, have never actually read the Gospels. Or they, they either haven't read them or they're being dishonest about them. They, they just have not. Because read Matthew 23 and read the words of judgment Jesus has for the religious teachers of his time, the, the corrupt and crooked religious teachers of his time. And it's clear. It's just absolutely clear. So I would say to ask them to defend uh, the points they're making and then point to Scripture to show the opposite of what they're saying. And my book provides a lot of resources on that. And uh, Trent, uh, I was recently watching you on Reason and Theology with Michael Lofton on your roundtable on Catholic economics. And uh, you just wrote a book recently on um, Can Catholics Be Socialist? So this is this character of our Lord being a communist and a socialist and being utilized by liberation theologians. Could you speak on how this is uh, a, a false view of, uh, of our Lord being a liberation theologian or communism socialist Jesus? Uh, could you speak on that a little bit? Right. And, and I think where people go down the wrong track here is they take Jesus's teachings that say it is an imperative that we help the poor, uh, that we have a moral duty to use our wealth to help the poor, to fight poverty. Uh, they take from that to say that Jesus commands us to practice socialism, and those two are not the same things. Uh, socialism is not simply um, decide, choosing to, to fight poverty, uh, because if that's the case, almost everybody then would be a socialist. Even many people who defend free markets would say, obviously, poverty is a bad thing, and they would say that free markets has statistically been shown in the past uh, century to be the most significant way to lift people out of poverty. Uh, if you look at East Asia, for example, East Asia back in 1960 well, had about uh, 40% of people there lived in extreme poverty, less than like $2 a day. Uh, and that number is now dropped into the single digits because of, the, the, because of free market. So yeah, of course, everyone agrees we should fight poverty. Uh, and we agree that those who um, 
love money more than God are, are doomed to hell. <laughs> but uh, Jesus never preached that uh, government should abolish private property or own or confiscate businesses or that economies should be centrally planned. Uh, Jesus did not have a position on capitalism or socialism. Those things arose over a thousand years later. Uh, so people can reasonably disagree about some economic matters, uh, but Jesus gave us his church, and he gave us his church to provide moral guidance. And our church has been clear for 150 years that, uh, as Pope Pius XI said, no good Catholic can be a true socialist. And so if we're going to be faithful to Jesus, we should be faithful to the church he founded and listen to his teachings on these issues. Trent Horn is our guest. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers. His uh, book is called Counterfeit Christ, Finding the Real Jesus Among the Imposters. We have, I don't know, about five minutes left in our conversation with you, Trent. One of my, one of the counterfeit Christs that I see, have seen over the years, is, uh, you might remember that famous video that went viral probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. Uh, Jesus, uh, I, I love Jesus, but I hate religion. Remember that? And it, and there was lots of responses. You might have even given a response to it. Um, and uh, we see this all the time, that Jesus, you know, he's our friend. He is, uh, you know, he's our, he's our personal Lord and Savior. Of course he is. But at the same time, they deny the how obviously G- religious Jesus was. Going to Sabbath every Saturday, he wore tassels on his cloak. You know, he observed all the major feast days. He he observed the law. He fulfilled the law, and yet somehow, some way, uh, they strip the the people who appear to this they seem to strip Jesus of all of his liturgical, sacramental, and religious nature. What say you, Trent Horn? Right, and and here, yes, that was actually one of the very first times I entered into YouTube to make responses to something that was about eight years ago, so before my time at, starting at Catholic Answers, uh, and now I do this that all the time. Uh, yeah, it's this idea that religion is some arbitrary thing human beings came up with, and Jesus only wants some kind of personal relationship with us, even though Jesus never says anything about being our personal Lord and Savior, but the Bible does speak about religion. Uh, you go to James one twenty seven. It says, "Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this: to work uh, for orphans and widows and their affliction, to keep oneself unstained from the world." Religion is just man's response to God. That that's a human universal. So Jesus wants us to have a particular response to God, and that response is to believe in Him, as our Protestant brothers and sisters would say. Uh, but it's more than just believing facts about Jesus. It's practicing obedience to him. Uh, people often point to John 3.16 that says, you know, uh, God, for God so loved the world, he sent his only son, whoever would believe in him will have eternal life. You go forward 20 verses, though, in John 3.36, it says, you know, whoever believes in the son uh, will be saved, but whoever uh, does not believe and disobeys the son. So it's not just about uh, believing things about Jesus, but it's about obeying him. And what has Jesus commanded us to do? Uh, well, he gave us apostles, that, that his authority was not... Jesus never wrote anything down, and he never, uh, uh, during his earthly ministry, he didn't give us a Bible, he gave us a church, he gave us the apostles. He said the apostles would sit on 12 thrones judging uh, the tribes of Israel. And the apostles gave their authority to their, to their successors, who are the bishops. And so if we really, as I said before, if you love Jesus, 
uh, you will love the church he established. He told Peter, uh, you are the rock on whom I will build my church. Uh, look at Scripture. Look, Jesus didn't give us a Bible. He gave us a church to get, gather believers to himself. Mm-hmm. We love him. We'll listen to his church. We have uh, only a couple of minutes left with you, Trent. Uh, I wanted to give a plug to your podcast, uh, The Council of Trent. How is that going for you, by the way? Well, I think it's, go- it's a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed doing it. I do uh, three episodes a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We do apologetics and theology on Fridays. Free for all Friday. We have a lot of fun with a variety of topics. And that is available at iTunes and Google Play. Uh, so you can, we, you know, they're about a half hour long, uh, great for a little drive time commute. Uh, I also have dialogues and debates that will show up there, but I try to edify people and give them just practical ways to be able to share their faith. That's the Council of Trent, C-O-U-N-S-E-L, Council of Trent. And if you'd like to access the bonus content, like our Catechism Study Series, Council of Trent Mug, uh, the ability to submit questions for episodes, go to trenthornpodcast.com. That is trenthornpodcast.com. Become a premium subscriber. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you, uh, Trent Horn, for your time today. We appreciate your book, Counterfeit Christ, Finding the Real Jesus Among the Imposters. We'll link to it as well. God love you, Trent. Have a great day. Thank you very much. All right. That's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. I hope you got a lot out of that. Make sure you check out the podcast version of the show. You can find that on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can also sign up for email list. But more Catholic Drive Time is on the way. The game show is coming and prizes are involved. Make sure you join us for that. Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Bible clearly says that Jesus had brothers and sisters, but the Catholic Church teaches that Mary was a perpetual virgin. How can that be? Mark 6 verse 3 says, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? Point number one to consider. There is no word for cousin or for nephew or for niece, aunt, uncle in ancient Hebrew or Aramaic. The words that the Jews used in all those instances were brother or sister. An example of this can be seen in Genesis 14, 14, where Lot, who was Abraham's nephew, is called his brother. Another point to consider, would the last thing that Jesus did on earth be to grievously offend his surviving brothers? Right before Jesus dies, John 19 tells us that Jesus entrusted the care of his mother to the apostle John. If Mary had any other sons, this would have been an incredible slap in the face to them that the apostle John was entrusted with the care of their mother. Also, we see from Matthew 27, 55, and 56 that the James and Josephs mentioned in Mark 6 as the brothers of Jesus are actually the sons of another Mary. And one other passage to consider, Acts 1 verses 14 to 15 speaks of a company of about 120 persons that consist of the apostles, the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Let's see. There were 11 apostles at the time. Jesus' mother makes 12. The women, probably the same three women mentioned at the crucifixion in Matthew 27, but let's say it was maybe a dozen or two, just for argument's sake. That puts us up to 30 or 40 or so. So that leaves the number of Jesus' brothers at about 80 or 90, according to this scripture 
scripture passage. Do you think Mary had 80 or 90 children? She would have been in perpetual labor. No, scripture does not contradict the teaching of the Catholic Church about the brothers of Jesus when scripture is interpreted in proper context. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. I heard that the GRN is raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250. Miyagi loves support Catholic Radio on GRN. Where can you get tickets? Thing called Internet. <laughs> Go to grnonline.com. One ticket, $25. Five ticket, $100. Drawing in the March 1st. Name drawn March 4th. What are you going to do if you win? Give to you. Practice. Wax on, wax off. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, we just wrapped up a great conversation with Trent Horn about his book, Counterfeit Christ, Finding the Real Jesus Among the Imposters. We'll post the—I know there was a lot of uh, streaming issues, so if you're hanging out with us on our live video stream, for some reason today the, the live stream is just being ornery, contrarian. Or it could just be Adrian Fonseca, my producer. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Uh, you do take full responsibility for a terrible stream, right? I, uh, it's in your I actually, you I control, no I control the internet, uh, the internet around the world with my mind. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's all my fault. That explains some things because I know the state of your mind. Yeah, I, I'm a little, yeah. I'm a little sleepy today, so that's the real reason why we're having these issues. Uh, well, good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Thanks for being on the show again. Good morning. Thanks for having me here. Am, am I right or am I right about uh, Adrian's mind? Yes, he does have a brain frog. Yeah, uh, brain frog. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but if so, if you're hanging out with us on live stream and you're having some trouble, we do apologize. Uh, but you could always stream us live on our mobile app. That's what I really wanted to say. Speaking of brain frog, uh, so you can download our mobile app, live stream us there. I don't think there's any issues with that because it's a completely separate system. Search your iOS and Android app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network, free to download. It's awesome to use, super friendly. Try that out. Today, on this hour's uh, episode of Catholic Drive Time, we have breaking news with stories with Emily Alcaraz. We have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, our game show, three opportunities to get in on the ChooseLife.com prize this week for our Fear and Trembling game show. So all you have to do is be the first caller when it's time to call, and you could get your opportunities. Choose, it's C-H-E-W-S-Life.com is the uh, sponsor. We're very grateful to them this week for underwriting the show. Of course, we'll have the after show, and we'll conversate organically with you, our dear listeners. If you can join us on any one of the streams and comment and let us know where you're from, we'd love that. Um, by the way, we are praying for your intentions. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you, whatever is on your heart, whatever your needs are, we're going to ask Our Lady to intercede for you. Of course, Adrian, you have a friend that was involved in a car accident. We're going to be praying for them too, right? Uh, yes, my friend Hema is actually getting her uh, screws removed from her body. She had surgery after a car accident. 
Oh, wow. Praying for her, praying for all those who are suffering today, praying for the uh, conversion of hearts, mind, and uh, and policies of President Joe Biden, uh, especially on the non-negotiable life issues and, and family issues, all of those, as well as the conversion of sinners around the world. So let's pray and ask Our Lady to intercede for our intentions. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The U.S. Senate has found that the impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump is constitutional, allowing full proceedings to begin. Trump's defense team argued that he could not face trial after leaving the White House, but a 56 to 44 majority voted in favor of continuing, with a handful of Republicans backing the measure. Trump is accused of inciting insurrection when Congress was stormed last month. Only six Republicans sided with all the 50 Democrats to continue the trial. That is well short of the 17 Republicans that will be needed to convict him. And if he is convicted, Trump could be barred from holding office again. Seven U.S. states are currently considering bills that would legalize assisted suicide, and two other states are looking to expand legal assisted suicide. Legislators in Arizona, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, New Mexico, New York, and North Dakota have all introduced bills in 2021 to doctor-prescribed suicide for terminally ill patients. Both the states of Hawaii and Washington, where assisted suicide has already been legal since 2019 and 2009, respectively, are now trying to expand the scope of healthcare workers eligible to prescribe lethal doses of medication. Pope Francis has said, along with all of church tradition, that the doctors must resist the temptation to participate in assisted suicide or euthanasia because it trades the dignity of the patient for a false compassion. The apostolic nuncio who is accused of money laundering is entering a plea bargain. Archbishop Ettore Balestrero, the apostolic nuncio to the Democratic Republic of Congo, announced last week that he will enter a plea bargain with an Italian court after he and his brother Guido were accused of money laundering, but they will not admit to guilt. Archbishop Balestrero said that this is exclusively a family issue, as he accepted an inheritance from his father and gave the half of the inheritance to his brother with, quote, a public and transparent act and the conviction not to have done anything illicit. Otherwise, I would not have done it. The legal issue, which does not involve the Holy See, was a family business in which investigators do believe that Archbishop Balestrero acted in full good faith. And Archbishop Thomas Wenske of Miami offered a funeral mass last week commending Laura Schwarzenberger, an FBI agent who was killed while pursuing a child pornography investigation. FBI Special Agent Laura Schwarzenberger was a devout Catholic and the mother of two young boys, She was an active member of Mary Help of Christians Parish. She joined the FBI in 05 and after graduating from Quantico, took her first field office in Albuquerque. In 2007, she became Albuquerque's first female FBI SWAT team member. Three years later, she transferred to Miami and joined the Violent Crimes Against Children squad and zealously advocated for greater protections for children from online predators. 
I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Mikel Beltoya, pray for us. He was born on the 9th of May, 1935, in Chakodri, Albania. He received theological training from his bishop, Bishop Ernest Koba, there. And he was ordained on the 8th of December, 1961, as a priest in the Archdiocese. I seem to think the 8th of December has special meaning among the saints. I see that same date all the time. I wonder why. Hmm, Does Our Lady have anything to do with it? I wonder. But when the communist government closed all the churches in Albania in March of 67, Father Mikel traveled from village to village, ministering to the people, conducting covert masses wherever he could, bringing the sacraments to the people. But he was arrested on April 19th, 1973. He was in prison for several months. He was tortured Finally, he was given a trial, which he used the opportunity not to defend himself, but rather to speak out against communism and their anti-Christian persecutions. He was martyred by firing squad on February 10th, 1974, there in Albania. Pope Francis beatified him on the 5th of November, 2016. Blessed Mikel Bertoya, pray for us. The gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 23. Jesus summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, but the things that come out from within are what defile. When he got home away from the crowd, his disciples questioned him about the parable. He said to them, Are even you likewise without understanding? Do you not realize that everything that goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart, but the stomach, and passes out into the latrine? Thus he declared all foods clean. But what comes out of the man, that is what defiles him. From within the man, from his heart, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Great passage here today. It's a continuation from yesterday's Gospel, where our Lord, not very much dialoguing, but really chastising the Pharisees, for choosing the get-out-of-jail-free card of their father's traditions over the commandment of God. Specifically, yesterday was the fourth commandment. But here we see Jesus using this opportunity to talk about food. And again, Mark is using this commentary. He's he's explaining things to a non-Jewish crowd that all foods are clean. It should beg the question to you and to me, why were some foods not clean in the Old Testament. You might even remember going all the way back to Genesis when Noah enters the ark, he has two of every kind and seven of the clean kind just for sacrifices. So there was a distinction made among these animals even that far back, but specifically with the Old Testament law, there was the penitential element of certain animals could not be eaten or even touched. Pigs, for example. You might remember the story we talked about with the demoniac, right? Well, here's the thing. At the golden calf, Exodus chapter 32, 
Everything changes for the people. God was trying to set them apart, consecrate them as a people to himself, a kingdom of priests. For what end? For themselves? No. To send back into the world and bring back the lost people of God, the Gentiles too, to bring them back into the family of God. And he needed them to be distinct and clear from their pagan neighbors. But they failed to do so on their own. They kept turning their hearts back to the pagan idolatry of Egypt. That's what the golden calf is really all about. So they had to live the law of penance in their life, and that included these unclean animals. But Christ has come to fulfill the law to include the penitential elements of the Mosaic law. And now all foods are clean. The distinction is made. It's not about the penance. It's about the heart. The penance should make uh, reparation for sins and should change your heart, and it's not. Pay attention. There is a purpose, just like how we abstain from meat on Fridays in Lent. We give it up. Unlike our neighbors, we are now distinct from our neighbors. We give up this good thing to sort of reel in the uh, disordered pleasures of our bodies and to remind us that we must do penance for the sins that we commit, and we must mortify ourselves in the process for a greater end for the heart. And that's, I think, the lesson in the gospel today. Adrian, Emily? Yeah, so I think the uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up uh, was how great this passage is, because uh, this basically means that we can eat bacon again. So that everything Joe said uh, is culminates in the fact that we can have bacon now. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the thick, the thick cut, the Canadian. The, oh, the best part, the big, the best, thick stuff. the best ones. Yeah. And uh, and the reason why I bring that up is because when I was in Israel, we had uh, we went in into uh, the Jewish quarter, and I ordered a burger with cheese. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. And I realized that in Leviticus, it says that you cannot cook a uh, a goat in its mother's milk, which is interpreted to mean that you cannot have meat with any kind of dairy products. And so... The uh, that this the whole point of this is that our Lord, being the lawgiver, can supersede the ceremonial laws before because a moral law cannot change, but the ceremonial law that our Lord binds us with can be lifted and can be changed, and we see this even in our own day where we have uh, Friday penances. Now the Pope can mandate that binding by mortal sin, or he can take it away because he has that authority because it's a uh, practical law, it's a ceremonial law that can be changed, and so our Lord recognizing this, recognizing that this law was put in place to separate the people um, from the pagan nations. Now that he has come and now that he is bringing it in, he can do away with those ceremonial laws. And this is how we answer those questions from atheists that often come up saying, oh, well, the Bible says that you have to have woven, you can't have woven cloths with wool and woven and you have to, you can't cut your hair and yada, yada, yada. And they try to uh, just bombard you with all these ideas and say, look, the Bible says this you have to do it right um and no we don't because these are ceremonial laws but the moral law cannot change all right praise be to god what's coming up next is our game show fear and trembling so if you want to be a contestant get three opportunities into the coffee cup of divine providence for the choose prize this week well now is your chance all you need to do is be the first caller and here's the phone number 877-757-9424 if you've never played before, this is your chance. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. 
Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. And if you've ever wanted to be a contestant in the game show and get your chance into the prize pack for the week, well, now is an excellent opportunity. If you've never played before, call us right now, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We actually have a call on the line, but they've played before. So we put them on hold, and uh, we want to give an opportunity to anybody who's wanted to be a contestant but has never been able to get in. Well, now's your chance. Phone lines are open. 877-757-9424 is the number. And uh, let's see if we get another call. If not, we do have a call. But if you've never called before, if you've never played, now is your chance. 877-757-9424. All right. So if you're just joining us, you're like, what in the world is this? Well, this is the deal. This is a game show. It's a trivia game show. I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand. And uh, I don't ask the caller these questions. So the caller technically does not even need to know what the uh, what the answers are, because I don't ask you. I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. One of them will have a right answer. The other one will be wrong, because they conspire against you to manipulate you. I'm just teasing. It's not that bad. And, uh, and then the caller will get 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they want to trust. Do they trust Emily? Do they trust Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize pack. Emily, what can they win this week? 
This week's sponsor is ChooseLife.com. So Choose Life is a company run by Catholic Mamas, and they make silicone teething rosaries for babies. And this is so great. It's a great way to get your child started uh, with devotions and praying before they can even speak. And so they're giving away one of their silicone rosaries this week, and they're also giving away a 10% discount for all of our listeners. So even if you don't call in this week, you can get a discount on the rosary by using the code Guadalupe Radio 10 on their website, ChooseLife.com. And that's Choo, C-H-E-W-S. All right. Praise be to Jesus. And for all those that uh, just called in to be on the show, we are very grateful to you. Thank you for calling in and wanting being a part of our program. We're we're always excited to see the phone lines light up, and especially uh, Jeff, who's been calling all week. Jeff, you, you've been on once, so we're just going to open it up to others right now, and we're going to go to Rose. Rose, good morning oh. to you. Rose, thanks for being on our program. This is great. Thanks. Where are you calling from, Rose? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Now, what parish do you go to? St. Bernadette's in Clear Lake. How wonderful. Oh, St. Bernadette's. Day's coming up of Our Lady of Lords. That's right. Praise God. Uh, so, Rose, you, you, you new to the show or new to the game? Have you ever, are you familiar with how I, this works? I've heard it like twice. All right. So, let me give so you a I fair warning. I have an idea. Fair warning, Rose. Emily and Adrian will try to fool you. Okay, they will try to manipulate you and get you. So you got to have a careful eye. I am your friend and on your side. They, however, <laughs> you cannot trust. But one of them will be right. Okay. One, of, <laughs> one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. You'll have 15 seconds okay. to make a decision. Are you ready, Rose? Are you out. ready? Okay, I will try to figure out who the wolf is. There you <laughs> And it's never the host. I just want to point that out. Uh, all right, so here we okay. go. Oh, Emily, we'll start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Absolutely. Here we go. Emily, what day of the year is mass not allowed to be said? Um, so this is Good Friday. And it's because uh, that's the day we remember the death of Christ. And so he's not present. And that's when, the, you know, the tabernacles are empty and everything. All right. All right. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what day of the year is mass not allowed to be said? Well, the biggest holiday of the year is Easter. And so I'm going to say that God gives everyone a holiday on Easter. And so you're not required to go to mass. Are you sure? That's what I'm going with. That's your answer. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for Easter, and Emily is on the hook for Good Friday. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's fooling you? 15 seconds on the clock. Rose, what say you? Well, that is really, really easy because um, Easter is a day that everybody goes to Mass. So (laughs) Good Friday. (laughs) And, uh, And I, yeah. Good job. Yes. Did you know that Adrian wasn't Catholic when you hired him? (laughs) I'm wondering. I'm really starting to question my motives at this point. Uh, But Rose is not fooled. Praise God, Rose. Congratulations. No. No. You're right. The old, uh, the old, uh, was that Easter, Christmas, Easter Catholic? uh, Poinsettia, Lily Catholics. Yeah. (laughs) So there is, uh, there's something to that. But you know, I think fascinating fact, I want to say I've heard 
that more people go to Ash Wednesday than they go to even Christmas and Easter really? Masses. That's because yeah. you have the proof. Because they get something for it. it. They get yeah. the ashes. <laughs> well, well done, Rose. Not this year, oh, okay. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence to win the ChooseLife.com prize. So we got two more chances here. And I want to say they probably get a little easier at this point. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Well, well that was really <laughs> maybe. easy. So I don't know. <laughs> All right, Adrian, we'll start with you this time. Adrian, can you fill in the blank for me? Maybe. You got to fill the blank in. Here we go. Baptism makes you a blank of God. Fill a, in the blank. A blank of God. I see. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with a child of God because, you know, we call God Father. We dare to say. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, please fill in this blank for me. Baptism makes you a blank of God. I'd say a follower. A follower? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your answer is follower. Adrian's answer is child. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rose, what say you? That's that's a pretty easy one, too. Um, Baptism makes you a child of God, so Adrian's correct. Survey says, wow. wow. Oh, my goodness. I tried to make that hard, too. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Rose. Praise God. You're, you're not fooled at all. Are ready? Uh, do you think these are too are easy, ready? Rose? Should we, should we beef these yeah. up a little so bit? So far, yeah. They're, they're <laughs> easy, but... She wants a hard one. But, Be careful what you ask for. Be careful uh-oh. what you ask okay. for. Here we go, Rose. <laughs> well, Third one could right. be tricky. Let's just see what we're back okay. to. Back to Emily this time. Emily, are you ready? Yes. Uh, it's not a fill in the blank, thankfully. I okay. was having flashbacks to grade school and getting the cold sweats there. Okay, here we go, Emily. What yeah. term refers to the union of the two distinct natures of God and man in the one person of Jesus Christ? Oh, Rose boy. asked for a harder one. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, uh, so You want me to repeat? Yes, please. What term refers to the union of... Of the two distinct natures of God and man in the one person of Jesus Christ. Okay, so God's, uh, Jesus' divinity and humanity is known as the hypostatic union. Mmm, very technical term. It's like a $10 word right there, hypostatic union. Yeah. Could be, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you give me the term that refers to the union of two distinct natures of God and man in the one person mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Well, she gave you a $10 word, so I'm going to give you an a $11 word. Whoa. Yep, yep. I'm going to go with a hylomorphic anthropological co-unification. Um, one more time. A hylomorphic anthropological co-unification. Third time's a charm. <laughs> a hylomorphic anthropologic co-unification. What Adrian said, I have no idea, uh, versus what Emily said, which was the hypostatic yeah. <laughs> union. Uh, if, if, you know, 15 if, seconds, if Rose. Used, if Adrian had used any term that's normally used in the church, it might have been hard, but Emily was <laughs> just out of this uh, world. Uh, <laughs> survey says, we need, a, we need a sounder that says, duh. You know? Rose, three for three. <laughs> three for three. We no threw a hard fooling. question out there, and and Adrian just gave us. I the, don't know. I I was convinced. I convinced myself. He blew it. She said. <laughs> you blew it. You blew it. Well, you weren't you weren't fooled by that at all, Rose. I'm very proud no, of you, Rose. No. 
Thank you. Praise God. That was fun, guys. Three chances in the uh, coffee cup of Divine Pro- Providence to, for the ChooseLife.com. That's C-H-E-W-S Life.com. So it's a chewable rosary. Rose, do you have anybody in your life you can give a chewable rosary to? A chewable a teething, rosary? Teething That's for a teething for babies. teething rosary. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I just have uh, recently, I, I got a new daughter-in-law, so maybe that'll happen here one of these days. Oh, oh wow. Praise congratulations. Well, we yeah, are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Asus says, Hydro what? That's <laughs> yeah, funny. That's yeah. funny. Well, Rose, we're so grateful that you're a part of our program today. Yeah. We're going to put you on hold so we can get your... Contact in case it's God's will that your name comes out of that cup uh, on Friday. So uh, God love you, awesome. and thanks for being on the show. You bet. Thanks, guys. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, so the Holy Mass begins in, I don't know, a few minutes from now, live from Corpus Christi uh, at the Salt Retreat Center down there. So if you're going to go to Mass, please also keep us in your prayers and your intentions today. We'd be very grateful to you. We will, of course, hang out on the after show for the live stream, which is going to be Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But also, I wanted to mention that there is going to be a very special broadcast that happens at 8 o'clock Central Time. So right after we get off the air, right after we get off even the after show, uh, based out of our Dallas location, Dave Palmer and his team, they're doing a very special broadcast with Bishop Joseph Strickland at 8 a.m. Central today. So you can tune in all across the Guadalupe Radio Network. And that's because we are celebrating launching a brand new uh, Catholic radio station in the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. And Bishop Strickland's going to be on the air with us to celebrate the moment to talk about Catholic Radio in his diocese. So you could tune in all across the GRN. You could also live stream it on the mobile app, by the way. Uh, you can find us on iOS and Android just by searching for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Download is free. It live streams our local radio stations, podcasts of even the Catholic Drive Time show. So it's a great tool. Search for the Guadalupe Radio Network in your iOS or your Android app store to find that today, but tune in 8 a.m. Central. Stick around if you're not going to go to Holy Mass. Hang out with us, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter for the after show of today's program where we just sort of casually talk about everything, and we want you to be a part of that. You can comment. Tell us where you're from, questions, comments, anything about the show at all. We'd love to chat with you in the after show right here on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. Search for us at Online any one of those platforms. God love you and God bless you. Thanks for being a part of Catholic Drive Time today. Celine Tadi from National Catholic Register is our guest tomorrow. We'll see you there at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern on Catholic Drive Time. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Uh, wow. Uh, a lot of uh, issues with the stream today. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, looking at some of the comments today. So if you're hanging out with us, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, leave a comment. Tell us where you're listening from. 
So there's some folks listening on YouTube. Kind of went up and down, and Facebook went up and down too. I'm guessing it's because of the, we had a lot of uh, problems with the uh, with the video stream. But good show today, Emily. Trent Horn was a great guest. Oh, he's great. I just love you could throw anything at him. He knows how to answer every question. Yeah, I for guess sure. That's what working at Catholic Answers does for you. <laughs> I know, and that you know, I guess I'm sure that they uh, they take the same questions 14 quad billion times. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know? I'm sure. Uh, so mm-hmm. they're pretty used to answering the same questions. You know, back in my day, I am I, I love I like the fact that I can say that now. You know why I can say that? Because <laughs> when, I drink black coffee. I I drink black. When did you start saying that, Joe? What age do you uh, have to hit? <laughs> well, I guess my age. You got to be old. You got to be uh, you got to be old. And uh, back in my day, you know what we used to talk about on Catholic Radio? What's that? Uh, back in my day, we would say, where is that in the Bible? You Catholics, <laughs> you Catholics, you worship Mary. Where is that in the Bible? You Catholics call your priest father. Uh, when Matthew 23 says, call no man father. Where is that in the Bible? Where is the mass in the Bible? We, we used to have that conversation all the time. It was about where something was found mm-hmm. in Scripture as a defense for Catholic teaching. Um, to which the, the first response would always be, where in the Bible does it say it has to be written in the Bible before it is Amen. believed? And then we would go on to cite the verses in mm-hmm. the Bible that would that would reference things like calling priests father, for instance, or or giving um, giving uh, reverence to Our Lady. As I'm hearing that you want to book uh, um, Carlo Broussard for his book, Meeting the Protestant Challenge. We That's what I'm hearing. Man. Carlo Bru- <laughs> but on one condition. Carla Broussard can be on this show on one condition and one condition. Let me guess. He has to say, recite a poem in Creole. No, that would be the second condition. That's (laughs) that's a great idea. But no, the first condition is he has to play, he has to play, he has to bring the squeeze box with him and he's got to play the accordion. Oh, that's pretty cool. On the show. Because he's pretty pretty stellar at it, actually. Uh, No, so today the conversation of Catholic Radio is less, is far less about where that is in the Bible. You know, Trent Horn. He probably has that conversation so rarely now. Now it's why should we believe in God at all? Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously his book Counterfeit Christ: Finding the Real Jesus Among the Imposters is about you know dealing with this modern hijacking of of Christ um, from many different angles. So it was a good conversation. It's interesting that at least everyone acknowledges that Jesus Christ is important and they want him on their team. Um, that's why everyone's trying to make up these different versions of. Jesus takes stuff out of context because they know that there he is the even subconsciously they may realize he is the truth the way the truth and the life and his followers are devoted to him and uh, God is powerful. Amen. Yeah, when that's on uh, Monday this coming Monday we are having our uh, a good friend uh, John DeRosa onto our show to talk about uh, answering atheistic slogans and so just like Joe's saying like nowadays like the, the question we're having is. Why believe in God at all? Yeah. And so and and so often we have our like my uh, siblings um, going to college and myself uh, graduated from college and the, you have teachers who just throw out atheistic slogans and and then people hear them and you're like and you hear them and you're and you think oh well these this is a smart guy they have a PhD they have a um, they have a degree in philosophy or in theology or in physics so they must know right must and know. so they uh, they give these slogans that we hear and they sound profound but are lacking so much in actual philosophical depth and people are hearing it even in high school now where we have high school kids and even middle school kids coming out 
being atheist at 12, 10, 12 years old, which is absurd. Yeah. And so uh, John DeRosa, who works with kids, he's a high school math teacher in his, as his day job. Um, he's going to be on with us to talk about answering atheistic slogans. It seems to me that atheism has become the default now. Speaking, speaking of atheism, uh, Jesus Robles says, No, you didn't, Adrian. Easter, a holiday from, from Mass? His word's not mine, man. Well, I'm, he, I think he thinks you're an atheist. I Well, I may not be an atheist, but maybe a Protestant. <laughs> uh, you know, going going to Mass, that, that's a weird thing. I, know. I, I like, like how he knows. Like, you know how Adrian throws the answer with Easter? Like... Like of all the days, like I would have said, I would have said the Saturday right after Good Friday. Yeah, it's been a good something guess. like that. But no, he says Easter. Right? <laughs> and then, and then when you ask him the hypostatic union question, he throws out some whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. language. Technically speaking, <laughs> technically speaking, language. My answer is correct. It's a it, Jesus Christ is a hylomorphic being. It just doesn't refer directly to his unity between his body, uh, his uh, divinity, and his humanity. It's a, a union of matter and essence. But it's it's still technically a correct answer, though co-unification is not a word. I just I just think it's funny how Jesus knows we have to give a wrong answer, and he acts shocked every time. Every time. <laughs> what? But, you guys don't know he this? Has, <laughs> he, has, he has high hopes for the two of you. The, oh. You are the promising future of the Catholic Church, and now I think he's very disgruntled about it, now that he knows you both. <laughs> if if uh, yeah. Emily and I are the future of the Church, we're doomed. We're doomed. Oh, boy. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris <laughs> hanging out with us on uh, Facebook on the GRN side. Good morning to you. Uh, Joaquin and Lori, uh, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us on the uh, Facebook Joaquin side. said, Adrian with the tongue twisters. <laughs> uh, Valentinin. Uh, how, did I, how do I say that? Valentin. 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 Thank you. Obviously. Duh. We, we need a duh sounder. You want me to get one? Duh. Like, Valentin. Of course that's how you say your name. Valentin, good morning. Thanks for hanging out with us. Monica and uh, Angelo, it's good to see you guys on the YouTube side. Of course, Anna's over there. Praise be to God. Thank you guys for hanging out with with us this morning, uh, boy. I you know that's been my um, my my downfall in ca- in radio in general in the nineties. I've shared this story many times. Back in my day, it's gonna be my new saying. Back in my day, uh, when I started in radio, I would get everybody's names wrong. I would read the news, the sports, and I would b- obliterate these poor people's names, and then listeners would call and, and threaten me. <laughs> For getting for being such a terrible uh, news announcer, and uh, my wife uh, used to call into the show, and she used to get a laugh out of all of my sports broadcasts. You know, I'd be like, and uh, you know, the so and so crushed the other guys, and I'd try to play up all this stuff that I learned in broadcasting school, and and then I would just get all the names wrong, like the saint of the day, for instance, when I obliterate their names too. Um, I'm sure they'll forgive you. Hey, the Saints will. The, the Saints. Saints will. The Saints probably the Saints will. will forgive me. I won't though. It's everybody else that's not. It's uh, Jesus says I'm about to excommunicate you, Adrian. Yeah, that's what I was laughing at. Not, <laughs> I, I was laughing at that, not you uh, yeah. bumbling everybody's names. But uh, I got something for you. Okay. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Where is that from? Where is that from? Duh. <laughs> That's it's uh it's Full House. Yeah. It's just a compilation duh. of a uh, of Michelle Tanner from Full House saying duh for like two minutes. That's, That's so hilarious. cute. Please God, we should put that on a button so we can uh, play that at a moment's notice. Duh. All right. Well, uh, anybody hanging out with us on uh, this? I see Josh. Good morning, Josh. Thanks for hanging out, brother. God bless you, man. Anybody on YouTube? Oh no. Hey, Sue said, uh, oh, no. I was looking to give you my St. Vincent Ferrer relic, but Adrian, <gasps> but now I'm doubting. Just <gasps> kidding. 
He and, knows how to threaten hey, you. Sis, I, hey, my sis, heart by is the way, broken. By the way, uh, you know, I'll take the St. Vincent for Whoa, relic. whoa, whoa. He now doesn't that, even like Dominicans. Now, now Joe you, does not like Dominicans. No, he I'm hates sorry. all the Dominicans like in the whole Saint world. I like St. Vincent Fair. Okay. All the Dominicans all the in the Dominicans world. St. Vincent Fair, world. He, could be, he, he could be a Holy Cross father. I'd still like him because he's amazing. I'm just teasing. See, okay. he's saying Holy he's Christ. saying he's saying he likes Vincent Frere despite the fact that he's a Dominican. Long, Come on. long, long before there was Superman, there was Saint Vincent Frere, and he yes. is so amazing. The whole world should know more about him. And uh, praise be to God. Good morning to Valerie and to Josh Patterson. You know what? YouTube. Hey, my when, buddy. When is Saint yeah. Vincent Frere's feast day? Uh, I actually don't know off the top That's of my head. That's a good question. Let's look Let it me up. look Let it up. Find, okay. Let's have Jesus be our guest on that day. Yes. Heck yeah. Bring the relic and we'll we'll, also, do, we'll where, have a conversation where about Saint Vincent Fair. Uh, relics from lyrics. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Where oh, people that's get Father those. Carlos Martins is the world expert on relics. We should get him back East on the show. It's April fifth. That's April, actually coming April up. April fifth. That's coming up. All right, Jesus. Is that the April fifth? Mark your calendar, my know. friend. You got to come into the studio. You got to bring the relic with you and the statue. And the statue. Yes. And yes. the statue. And the statue. Wait, that's the day after Easter. <laughs> is it really? Is it? Yeah. What day of the week is that? Yeah, Easter's on April fourth, and that means it's Monday. It's a Monday. <laughs> I, d- I can do math. When, when is Easter Sunday? Duh. What, what day of week is Easter Sunday? <laughs> At least I know you can go to Mass on Easter Sunday. <laughs> oh, like I, you. I said you can go to Easter. I said you can, but Valerie, you didn't have to. Valerie hanging out on the GRN Hello. side of Facebook. Good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out, Valerie. <laughs> Praise God. Praise Josh God. on, uh, my friend Josh on uh, YouTube said, Adrian, your Easter answer wasn't convincing. I could hear you smiling through your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I I don't see anybody hanging out on Twitter side. So uh, never ever. Never, <laughs> ever, I don't see, ever. You know, I don't see anybody hanging out at Station of the Cross. We had a few people hanging out uh, at the beginning, like whenever we first started airing on Station of the Cross uh, Facebook page. But now I haven't seen anybody say hi. So if you're listening from Station of the Cross, please tune in. Tell us uh, where you're calling, where you're uh, here, where, where you're watching us from. I think yeah. the uh, snow must have knocked out all their connections. That and, is exactly what it network. must be. It can't be us. <laughs> can't be us. Uh, praise be to God. You know, that uh, that China story from the uh, Gatestone Institute is rather insane. Remind me. This is the one where they're doing experiments on their oh, own soldiers. Oh, dear Lord, yeah. You know, uh, oh, what was that? Uh, Jacob's Ladder? You remember the actor who played in um, Shawshank Redemption? The uh, main character? Yes. Okay, you can see his face in yes. your mind, right? I can't mm-hmm. remember his name for some reason. I can look it up. Like Morgan Freeman, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, the main character in Shawshank, I cannot remember his name all of a sudden. But he, after that movie, he played in a movie called Jacob's Ladder. That's Tim Robbins? Tim Robbins? Mm-hmm. Okay, Tim Robbins. He played in a movie called Jacob's Ladder where they, and I guess it was based on a true story, where they were taking these army guys and experimenting with them. There was like the, uh, like the it was CIA or some three-letter acronym intelligence agency were doing these experiments on them with drugs. And the whole movie was Psy-ops. A, yeah. The whole movie was about this, and they thought that they were in combat in Vietnam, and they'd have all these oh. PTSD, PTSD uh, symptoms, but they actually never were. They were. It was this all this experimentation that was being done on them to mess with their minds. Uh, Jacob's ladder, but that pales in comparison to what China is doing to their people, injecting yeah. these hormones into monkey brains in order to create Planet mm. of the Apes is rather insane. And it's not new. And that's and the real troubling part about this article 
It's not that it's not just that they're doing these experiments in China. It's that the biotech industry in the West is flocking to China because they can do these experiments there. Because no government oversight there to prevent them from cloning people and doing all kinds of insanity things. Like, for instance, uh, organ harvesting on the Uyghurs and raping their wives and children, which is horrible. Well, on that uh, really... Depressing note. Depressing note. Myra says, or yeah, Mayra says, good morning, my CDT peeps. You guys are hilarious. LOL. At least when we're not talking about uh, (laughs) people being slaughtered by uh, the Chinese government. We're only ourselves in the after show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I hate to even bring him up, but you know what? Where, who, where, you weren't going to hear this story anywhere. Joaquin says Tim Robbins. Yeah. Thanks, Joaquin. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, By the way, tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. You could be flipping the channel, and Shawshank Redemption is on. You will stop every time and watch. Such a good movie. It's so good. Such a good movie. Such a good film. Uh, I need to go back and watch it's it. It's definitely one of my top, like, I don't know, five movies of all time. It's so good. It's so very good. good. Uh, you know, and Tim Robbins' character, now that we know his name, do we know the name of no. the character itself? I no. just shut down that tab. Wasn't you it could have Andy? asked me one it's minute Andy, earlier. It? It's Andy. Andy. No yeah. Andy. Andy, Andy. Dufresne? Dufresne? Yeah. Andy. Like that. I'm going to go with Andy. Yeah, it is Andy. Because uh, Dufresne. He, Dufresne. Oh, that's how you pronounce it. He's six foot five. Wow. Now, that was the best movie Tim Robbins ever played in, for sure. Now, <laughs> now uh, Joe. But the, there's, a Christ-like, uh, there's a Christ-like theme in the character, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of redemption. It's a powerful, powerful movie. I could watch that any day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely one of the best, and it definitely does have very m- heavy, heavy Christ figures in it. Uh, my friend Josh, going back to what we were talking about, about the Chinese uh, Uyghurs, he says, uh, there was a Chinese doctor who also engineered his children to be more intelligent and have exact physical features he wanted. Isn't that kind of what they did to Yao Ming, where they, uh, they like, not... Are you they, being serious? No, no, I'm being serious. Oh, okay. Now, they didn't, like, genetically modify him or anything, but they deliberately braid, braided, like, they could got... A, the tallest male they could find, the tallest female oh. they can find, and force them to Yikes. get married in order that they could have a, a like a stellar athlete. Um, and I, I believe I remember hearing that. Anybody, if they have uh, evidence of that, let me know because I I remember hearing that a long time ago, back when Yao Ming was huge, and I don't remember. Oh, he's still huge, but now, whenever he was popular, and I don't that, remember if there's proof of that. That is straight out of Gattaca, which is one yeah, of my I was favorite. Movies. Bring that up. Oh, phenomenal. Yes. Jude Gattaca. Law in that movie. Oh, Jude my Law. goodness. Wow. Yeah, it's all about If you have not watched Gattaca, you need to watch Gattaca. To bring about a yeah. perfect person. and Like uh, designer babies. Yeah, designer babies. Now, the, mov- the movie is a little artsy. You know, it's kind of weird. But because they cross these like, uh, you know, sort of 1940-ish like themes and motifs with uh, sci-fi in the future and space travel. It's kind of weird that way. And very dry, like it's not a lot of humor in this film, but it's all about in uh, bioengineering of people, and yeah. uh, it should concern you for sure. It's crazy, mm-hmm. absolutely. And the great cast: Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman. Uma Steve Thurman. Law. Uma. I feel like ev- for now on, everything we bring up, we have to figure out a way to connect it back to some movie of some kind. Leticia, 
I'm f- I'm for that, by the way. Leticia, y'all are great. Y'all are a great team. Well, praise God. I'm Thanks, gl- Leticia. I'm glad you think so. In spite of Adrian, I agree with you. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. I remember whoa. yesterday you saying whoa. that I was like the greatest thing ever. You were I, I remember that. You are In the fact, goat. I'm actually going back and I'm clipping that and I'm going to start playing it every day during the after show. I'm going to put it on a button and I'm just going to play it <laughs> the goat. of you saying like, man, yeah. isn't Adrian the best? Now, I'm not saying you're the greatest of all time. I'm saying you act like a goat. Uh, no, you're saying that I'm damned, right? Like the, the sheep and the goat. <laughs> the sheep. Oh, the, I didn't. I could have used that. I yeah. didn't. I should. Next well, time you're welcome. I, I got it for you. You did. Thanks. Then, Leticia, we're so glad you're part of the program. Uh, praise God. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big movie guy. Obviously, I like to watch films. You know, I've been geeking out uh, lately on Texas. And so right now, I'm listening to an audiobook. I usually only listen to it on my way home because that's the time I can decompress somewhat. But I'm listening to an audiobook, uh, which is like supposed to be like the foremost uh, resource on uh, Jim Bowie and Davy Crockett and William Travis. It's called The Three Roads to the Alamo, The Lives and Fortunes of These Three Guys. And uh, listening to their actual lives. And the reason why I'm geeking out on Texas in the morning, I watched The Alamo over the weekend. With Billy Bob Thornton is playing Davy Crockett. because you're preparing for the secession? Ba- Billy Bob Thornton, who is a crazy actor, played an excellent Davy Crockett. Uh, you haven't seen it, have no, you? No, I haven't. You guys, you need to watch this. It's a great film. Uh, and I, I guess what I liked about it so much was how they didn't shirk the troubled history of these three men. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Sam Houston. Sam Houston, you know, not a, not a saint by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they didn't shirk their backgrounds. They actually incorporated them into the characters. They didn't romanticize these men into saints, like livable saints, right? They weren't cristeros, you know? Uh, so I really appreciated that. Um, and so you should check it out. But Billy Bob Thornton, really good Davy Crockett. Is he as good as John Wayne? Uh, is anybody mm. as good as John Wayne, just like mm. in general? The Duke. Dear That's listener, we want to know what your favorite movie is, because we talk about ours all the time. But let us know what you've watched. And yeah. before we go, because oh, we have about on. two real, minutes left, real quick, should real we quick. mention Bishop Strickland? I already did, but I'll, oh, I'll do it again. Never mind. The point I wanted to make about bringing up Texas was there is a movement in Texas right now to leave the union. There's actually an effort to get a vote in November for Texas citizens to vote to leave the union, to leave the United States. The idea fascinates me. Um, I, and my brain has started to think about all of the things about what would that mean? I would be separated from my family, but they'd be in a different country from me all of a sudden. You know, how does this affect uh, all kinds of things? I'm very fascinated by the thought, hypothetically speaking. And that's why I've been going down this Texas route lately. But uh, to, to your point, as we finish, Bishop Strickland is going to be on a special broadcast here in a couple of minutes. Uh, with Dave Palmer, live across the radio side of Guadalupe Radio Network. You can live stream it, probably online. I'm sure they're going to do a live stream, but they're going to put it on all the radio stations, and you can also download our mobile app and listen to it live stream through our mobile app. Just search your iOS or Android app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network. It's because we're launching a brand-new station in his diocese, KEES, 1430 AM there in Tyler, Texas. Um, so I was, uh, I'm very glad that that's finally happening. But that's going to do it for today's Catholic Drive Time. I want to thank everybody hanging out with us on our social streams. It's always good and fun to hang out with you and to have a nice little chat 
after the show, very casual like. Tomorrow, we have a guest we've never had on before. She is a, a journalist with the National Catholic Register. She's talking about the, uh, the coronavirus lockdowns and how they've increased persecutions against Christians. Also, she has an article out about how families are part of the secret to overcoming the world, the flesh, and the devil, and the current crazy situation that we find ourselves in. Celine, uh, Tadia, I don't even know how to say her last name. I have to figure that out before tomorrow morning, so pray for me. But that's going to be tomorrow morning's show, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here on Catholic Drive Time. Join us and spread the word. We'd love to have you. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.